Are we ready to rage? We are ready. Thanks for tuning in. This is Ready to Rage. We're recording remotely today and we're home and very cozy. If you're new, my name is Ashley McCoy. I'm Sandy Scanlon. And we are both in very cozy areas right now. Sandy is wrapped up in a blanket, like a little cocoon. And I have the largest knit hat known to man on my head. I look so gross today. I was saying to Ashley before we recorded, I'm like, I don't even want to look at my face. I just want to hide under my blanket. (laughs) We're recording at noon on Martin Luther King Day, but we both, we're tired. I feel like it's like six in the morning. (laughs) I actually woke up around six in the morning because my boyfriend had to go to the dentist and I don't, I'm, I'm sick and I like to wake up very early in the morning for no reason if I can help it. So I've been up for a really long time and I'm probably going to take a fat ass nap after this. I love that for you. I want to take a nap really badly, but I didn't wake up till 10. So I really can't. I got to get my day going, do some work, maybe do like a little workout or something. Uh, Oh, to work out. I don't have my treadmill with me right now. I have a um, under desk treadmill that I like to use, but it's at my house and I'm at his house right now. So oh, I'll do that tomorrow. You could always do some like nice stretches, some yoga. <laughs> I could, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> you gotta <take> nap. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna take my nap and I'm gonna lay in the bed awake for the rest of the day. I don't know what okay. else I'm gonna do. This was like my, my thing to do today. Like, Gotta record, gotta record. We've got stuff, we've got multiple things we're recording today. You guys won't know that, but yes, it's a secret. (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) If this is your first time listening, we're your girls for fashion, pop culture, and feelings. Today we have an exciting episode because we're continuing our Icon Evolution series. And today we're covering the biggest icon of all time, fight me on this, Britney Spears. So we're gonna be talking about her most iconic looks and just kind of going through her career and obviously like the free Britney movement movement has had really big developments lately and she's out of her conservatorship and I think we're just going to reflect on you know like her 2007 moments and how we maybe do that differently now knowing what we know and her most iconic looks. I have my notes pulled up I am ready to dive into Britney are you ready? Ready to rage? I'm ready to rage and let's take it back to 1998 with baby one more time. That's the year I was born. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy that she was starting her career when you were born. Like I know. And that she's still really relevant now after I'm born. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, she's Brittany Jean Spears. Was born December 2nd, 1981, Macomb, Mississippi. So I want to say this because I thought it was hilarious. Um, So she is the second child of James, Jamie, Parnell Spears, and Lynn Irene Bridges. Um, She's the second child? Yeah, she's got other siblings. She's a brother. And then she's a middle child. What? Yeah. I always thought she was the oldest. I only thought that she had Jamie Lynn in her 
at, at the end, I, we've got things to talk about with Miss Jamie Lynn and her conservatorship and all of that. We'll hit that at the end. Um, yeah. So her brother's name is Brian James Spears, which is what? her dad. And then her sister's name is Jamie Lynn Spears. So I was like, why did they name all of them like this? And then um, Brittany is Brittany Jean Spears. So I'm kind of like, what is wrong with them? Do they not know other names exist? That's crazy to me that they all have like some variation of the same name. I think it's weird that they named Jamie after the dad when they had a boy and they just didn't name the boy after the dad. They named, basically, they named the boy and um, the younger sister after the dad because his name is James. And then they took his, like, his nickname and made it her first name. What? The only one that's not a a nickname. So the dad, Jamie, is his real name James then? Yes. James Jamie Parnell Spears. So, like, her brother's name is Brian James Spears. They just, like, took the same names and rotated them around and, like, feminized them for the girls. It was was weird. And then Brittany is Brittany Jean. And there's Brian James. Like, it's the same name. I don't know. Let's... Okay, so this is where we knew something was off, guys. Literally. (laughs) Just her childhood briefly, like she was in like the Mickey Mouse Club and stuff, right? Like she was yeah. like a child. Star. Yeah. And um that show was really important because it actually did give us a lot of the stars that we know today and that were popular at the same time as her. Christina Aguilera was on that show. Justin Timberlake, who later became her boyfriend, was on that show. I think Ryan Gosling was also on it. I think he was, yeah. Honestly. The Mickey Mouse Club that she was on was in the 1990s, like early 1990s. So I don't know anything about this. And (laughs) I I have always heard people say, oh, that's where she started. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I thought that later on, there was another revival of the show where Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato were on it. And I'm like, what is that show? I don't. Please, someone comment and tell me, because I don't know what is the Mickey Mouse Club and what is the point of it? What do you do? I think they were just like, I think it was kind of like a talent show type thing. Like, I think they were singing. Oh, 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 I think it's very, very weird. (laughs) I mean, Uh, it helps to like see these young, talented people, but I'm like, what even is it? Is it like American Idol for babies? So I think she's like 17 years old-ish. Then So Baby One More Time comes out which is obviously an iconic album. We can all picture the album cover in our heads. It's like very 90s. Yeah, so she recorded it in 97 and 98, and then I think it dropped in 99 is what I think. Yeah. Yeah. But so you can really see the end of like the night. Like she just looks, she looks so cute and it's like an iconic look on the album cover. But if you think about it objectively, it's like so plain. This is our first introduction to her. And I think that it was really interesting the way that it was just so simple and so plain, like at least the cover and the visuals for the most part. Cutting out any music videos right now, it's giving Lizzie McGuire, it's giving very quintessential blonde white girl in the 90s and not in like a bad way, not a bad way at all. I um, really liked it because I think that 
it was so popular because girls could relate to that. She's not like crazy, sexy yet. Like she's just, her name is like a basic name. She's singing like decently. It's not like amazing. She doesn't sound like Whitney Houston, even though Whitney Houston did co-sign her. It's just very relatable. She she was really positioned as the girl next door. You could be that girl. You could really listen to her and think of yourself in her position. Yeah, she was totally marketed as the girl next door and it changed like very quickly. But I also wonder, you know, when that first album was out, like nobody knew she was going to become the icon that she like was. Like they probably produced it thinking like, oh, she's like a kid star. She's going to have a few years. Like here she is, is like wholesome girl next door. But then she gets like sexy really fast because I think she wanted to shed that image. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't like 12. She was closer to being like 17, 18. So like she was, you know, older. And I think that we have to talk about the actual song and music video for Baby One More Time. There's a handful of songs in that album that people absolutely love, but Baby One More Time was like one that, it was the one. So like, it's funny because that still has like girl next door vibes, but it's like still sexy because she has like a, her top like tied up in her stomach showing and she has these like little pigtail like braids. So it's like this weird, like honestly, like creepy Hollywood mix of like when they want someone to look like cute and innocent, but also want them to like have sex cells. But it's like yeah. such an iconic video. Like I think that's what, I, so like that. And then the oops, I did it again with like the red jumpsuit are like the yeah. two most iconic. And I think what everybody knows from this time. So for the um, music video, if you guys have not seen, um, it is her basically as like a Catholic school girl in like the regular uniform with the high white socks, loafers, a black, it looks like a plaid or plain black. Um, It's hard to see like because the camera's so bad then. Oh my gosh, prehistoric. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like a skirt. And she has like, a white button down that she tied up like right around like her boobs she got a little cardigan on and she has her she's bangs and i think what really makes it like the like kind of baby look is the um high pigtails that are braided and then she has these two fuzzy like pom-poms on each and she's just dancing through her whole hallway which i get what you're saying but i also think about how it's a little sexy, but in the way that I think is still relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about I'm an immigrant. My parents are immigrants. My mom told me that like, and I used to do this too. Like, not I didn't used to do this, but I used to have to wear a uniform when I went to school. And my mom said that she obviously spent all of her life um, in Jamaica, and she said that she used to kind of do things to her skirt to make it shorter like roll it up at the waist or like she takes some um thread to school and kind of hem it a little bit shorter so i was like this seems a little bit like oh she's at school because we're looking at it as adults but if you're like her age this is shit that girls would have done like tied your shirt up put your skirt up a little higher it's not out of the realm of possibility that girls would look like this. So I think that's also why it sold and it wasn't so appalling to parents at this time because like, this is shit that they know they did. Yeah, she was like a lot more, it's like you said, it's like still girl next door because it's like, it's sexy, but it's not so like 
over the top, like when we get into like the next few years and like slavery and stuff, like it's not gonna like turn off parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's still something like you, as a teenager, like what you would wear at school, what you would want to wear at school, I should say, but no one would let you. And yeah. Then, <laughs> and it's like she got her target fan base. Like they're still young, they're in school. And I step into the marketing mind for a second. They're young, they're in school, they're gonna fall in love with this girl because they see themselves in her at least a little bit because she's not so surgerized. She looks normal, her nose yeah. is teeny tiny, like she's skinny, but like that's what you look like when you're 17 yep. uh, or 16 or whatever. So like she's got her audience, she is now going to grow with them. So she has the opportunity to like get progressively more and grow into like more of a woman and they're gonna grow with her. Yeah, for sure. And something that always confused me, I just want to say is like, Oops, I Did It Again is on this album, but then she releases like the album called Oops, I Did It Again in 2000. So I feel like, I almost feel like Baby One More Time had like a ton of success and they were like, we have to release like a new version like immediately. So it's like, I don't want to say a new version, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like going off the first album and like elevating it a little bit, I feel like is what they did. So there have been comments from critics from what I've seen that they find that is confusing and that it wasn't the best thing to do because it's hard to differentiate between the two albums. And like you'd think that each album has like a rollout and kind of like an era that goes around it, but it feels both albums feel very similar. So it's easy to like just think that all these songs are like interchangeable from whichever album they came out of. They also came out a year later in 2000 a year later after so it's like okay they feel the same i think it's because they were all recorded at the same time um so i have heard people say that i also think that this is something that they do throughout her career they re-released a lot of songs throughout her career because i think that they really want to push certain songs because at this point it's the early 2000s it's not like music today how um creators and musicians have a lot more power over what is happening to their art and how it gets distributed it's really that you're at the mercy of your record label or else you simply don't get played because there is no like internet that's accessible to everyone um at this time it's only if it is it's only just starting and it's not for everybody yeah, I don't think she had control over anything ever. Like, I yeah. feel like they, I feel like she had success and they had probably, like you said, like the songs were probably recorded and everything was ready to go and she had momentum. But I find it wicked confusing because I was like trying to research these albums and like differentiate and like everything happened so fast. It was hard to differentiate like the albums and the eras. But I just want to say with Oops, I Did it Again with the red jumpsuit that everybody knows, I want to say that that was like the OG Ariana ponytail that she oh, had. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to say she didn't have a lot of say in most things that happened to her. But through all the research that I have found, the only thing that she seems to have consistent creative license over is her music videos. Mm-hmm. So apparently she came up with the idea for Baby One More Time. I think, I'm not sure so much about Oops, I Did It Again, but Baby One More Time was her idea. And I'm like, that is so cool. And I think that's why too, it was so relatable because the girls were like, I would have thought of that. Like, yeah. I'm going to dance around. And like, this is what you do when you're like at home in your room. You like put on something kind of cute yeah. and like tight or whatever. And you're like, shake your little butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I love that. I know. And their music videos, I feel like are like the best. 
I mean, I love her music, but I think the music videos are where you can see like the creativity and like it all comes together and like, I don't know, that's what we like reflect on and remember. So I want to say, so these albums were like hard to differentiate, but Oops, I Did It Again in 2000 had Stronger, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, What You See Is What You Get, Lucky. So like they were, I again, like I want to say Lucky. Oh my God, I love Lucky. I want to say it was slightly like elevated, sexier, like she definitely looks sleeker, had a little bit more skin. This is where you see her belly button ring coming out. Her hair gets like a little bit straighter, a little bit blonder, a little bit longer. It's just more so, refined. Yeah, so she starts coming into like the Britney that we think of with like the VMAs and stuff like that. But I had a really hard time finding looks just from like this album, aside from the music videos or at this time, yeah. because literally like 99 to 2001 all blends together and happens so fast. Yeah, and like at this time too, I think she was um, doing the Dream Within a Dream tour, which had some of the coolest looks. You see her kind of signature look become a crop top, but like not such a short crop top. It's like right above her belly button. So you can see the big glinting belly button ring and like baggy pants. But yeah, I love this album. I thought for this, it's now this album even though it's a short amount of time you're kind of getting this feeling that she is supposed to be innocent but kind of like a heartbreaker and even in oops it again like her yeah. wording is like i'm not that innocent that is kind of the thing they're showing the line with her at this time um and then the red cat suit is like so iconic if you want a great pretty simple Halloween costume. I knew you were going to say that before you said it. (laughs) I love it and I feel like it's versatile because you can use it for Britney one year and then later on, if you want, you could wear it and be Velma from the Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, that's a good idea. But you have to wait a couple years in between. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I think he really hit the nail on the head when you said like they're towing the line between like innocence and like being like, but then like being like really sexy and like a heartbreaker. It's like, they're just like towing this like really fine line, but it's again, it's like in Hollywood, like that's kind of what they expect of young women. So it's like this bigger conversation about like people putting this image on her and like marketing and like all this like weird shit. Yeah. And like, I think that once again, it's, growing with her audience so she's around 18 at this time now yeah so um that's what you're doing at 18 you're like i'm an adult but not really you're not you're like like going out you probably can go to like parties or whatever you maybe don't really have a curfew maybe you're going to college and you're kind of exploring yourself for the first time so it's like you're really young you're still pretty innocent but not really you're probably like going on dates seeing boys just like justin timberlake oh and his ramen noodle hair I thought he was like the cutest guy in the world. And when I was in like kindergarten and first grade, I was like obsessed with him. And looking back, I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. I have to say this because I thought it was hilarious because he's involved in this. We, I sent you a TikTok and maybe we'll include it on the Instagram because I think yeah. it's great. We'll include the, the creator and everything. But there was a girl who was on TikTok who was going through celebrities culturally appropriated outfits in the 2000s and Justin Timberlake you know he used to be black um he was high up on that list and she actually commented on how you can't find anything about Britney doing that and I was like from day one it's 
just that she knew that that's not authentic to her and that's the thing about her and i think that that's why people love her so much she's clearly not putting on for anyone she is britney spears she likes to sing she likes to dance she likes to make fun bubbly music she still has a brain she still makes soulful really like deep and depth music but like she's not gonna put on a black scent uh, and like do hip-hop dances that don't represent her She's always going to stay true to herself, unlike um, her counterparts like Gwen Stefani, even her boyfriend at the time who was pretending to be black through and through, man. He had the noodle hair. cornrows at some point. He had cornrows. Oh my God. First, it's not even, aside from not being culturally appropriate, nobody wants to see your bright white scalp peeking through your hair. Like it looks so (laughs) bad. <laughs> there are pictures where he's dressed exactly the same as Nelly. And I'm like, bro, why? Like he has a sweatband on and like big jersey and he looks like it looks like Nelly's a cool kid in school and Justin's like, Me too, me too. Yeah, that's exactly how it looks. Okay, do we wanna then move into two thousand one with her with the Britney album? Uh, this is my favorite album. She's fully grown up at this point. That came out in 2001. So like, no, she's not like an adult adult, but like in her character as Britney, which is also why I'm like, I love that it's self-titled. Yeah. It's her really being like, I'm sexy. I'm a grown up. I'm going to make more music than I want to make. Um, and it has some of the best bangers. I love Slave For You. It is one of my absolute favorite songs. The music video is amazing. It's still not like explicitly sexy, but it's kind of like, oh, you think I'm young, but I just want to dance. I want to have fun. I want to be like, sexy. Slave For You is like definitely a huge shift. Like it's yeah. way, she's like pretty much like oiled up. She's wearing like a thong over her pants. Like it's very different. <laughs> and parents lost their minds over the thong over her pants. But when you look at it now, you're like, I see girls butt cheeks on a daily basis. This was not that crazy, but for the time it was. Yeah, for the time it was. And I think it's like the lighting. And like I said, how she looks like wet and everything. And I think like this is probably when parents are like, like, I remember there was, oh, I wish I could. Was it stronger? I remember being like in first or second grade. And there's this music video where she's like dancing over a chair and like wearing like one of her usual Britney outfits. And my dad like changed the channel basically because he didn't want me to watch it. Like, does I think it was stronger. Era? And it, I think Stronger was supposed to be that d- chair dancing was supposed to be an homage to Janet Jackson, which I think is just an interesting thing because her boyfriend was Justin Timberlake. And that is one of the reasons why I freaking hate him. I hate him. Yeah. Um, Justin, I hope you hear this, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on and on about why I don't like him. He's on my like, list of men that I don't like. And he's honestly pretty high up there with Drake. Oh God. Oh God. I can't, we can't get into that right now. We can't, we can't. Do you want to talk about the VMAs with the iconic sneak outfit? Yeah. So she was performing Slave for You. And I do have an image here so I can describe it for you guys. So I actually zoomed in, and I, which I've never done in this outfit before, but there's actually a lot going on. Yes, there is. A lot, a lot, a lot. 
So it looks like on our shorts, one of the things I'll let you explain it. But the one thing I wanted to say was, um, it looks like there's like a butterfly on the front of her. They're the tiniest shorts of all time. I thought it was underwear. <laughs> and then it looks like there's like a butterfly, like the middle of the butterfly is right on the crotch. And then like each leg has like a wing kind of type thing. Mm-hmm. But it looks kind of abstract and it's hard to tell because there's so many jewels hanging down. Yeah. And she has this like little green wraparound bra, which actually I feel like a lot of these looks are coming into fashion again. Like the really short now, like now her crop top isn't mid stomach. It is like a, almost like a bra at this point. A bra. It, yeah. And just, just so you guys know, the snake that she is holding, if you have watched Tiger King, the person who brought the snake was Doc Antle. Oh. On stage, I know him and his weirdo sex he's cult. He's the worst. I hate him. He's literally the worst. He creeps me out so bad. But I heard this once, and I was like, "That's hilarious," and I hate it so much at the same time. And yeah, this was one of her iconic, iconic VMA performances, and. Really, this solidified Britney as being the VMA performer or one of the, I feel like Madonna also, but like, and she, you know, eventually performs with her as well. I remember seeing her talk about how she was so scared to put the snake on. She just did it and she like blacked out when she had it on herself and afterwards she's like, get it off me. I feel like she really just like went, like performers, like, um, like how Nicki Minaj has like Roman, like Beyonce will say she has like Sasha. Yeah. She just like put on an alter ego and like went in the zone and then blacked out and was like, okay. Oh, but um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but really, I think that she's, that's what makes her so um, amazing and iconic is that she just kind of turns it on and now she's Britney Spears. I think that um, that's kind of the characteristic of all of the amazing women that we talk about with this series is they're still normal people. They're just incredibly talented and they have the ability to just turn it on. And I think that's why she was so interesting to people because like if you ever watch any outtakes or any like clips of her like behind the scenes, she is goofy and funny and smart and she cracks jokes and even there's like lots of um old videos of her like on the set of baby one more time like making funny faces and then she kind of like turns her head and they're like okay action she's like and it's like she's back again you're like oh my god that's so crazy i can't believe someone can actually be like that yeah it's really like acting like yeah combined with singing like to the people so the people who perform like this and there's also people who will criticize like you know, that if she's performing live, that she's performing over recording and maybe like not like singing live. But it's like, you have to think that these people are literally acting and like putting on a performance. And sometimes that's the priority over the actual vocals. And not only that, um, it bothers me because I think that performing like that is one of the things that is similar to like cheer and stuff, you know, people don't consider it to be like a sporty thing, but to be to be a Britney Spears, to be a Beyonce, to be like a Doja Cat. Nicki Minaj don't be dancing like that, so I'm not going to say her. <laughs> but like, <laughs> or like even Megan Thee Stallion, because Megan Thee Stallion shakes her ass yeah. for an hour and 45 minutes at a time. That's a lot of workout and you have to sing at the same time. And like even Miley Cyrus, like no, I don't love her music, but I've watched her and others train by running on a treadmill as fast as they can and belting like they're not um 
like just oh i'm gonna stand here and sing like mariah carey and walk over here and sing like mariah carey like they're really very athletic it's very difficult to do it like have you ever went on a long walk and also held a conversation i can't do it no beyonce i remember beyonce saying her dad would make her like run miles and sing at the same time basically yeah and like britney does it like she's dancing crazy 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 so like and she's up there i feel like people kind of like to clown her and say like oh well the moves aren't that hard if you look at her performances at this time she's like in her peak physical fitness you could not move that fast oh justice for her in every single way but especially for how athletic she was you could see her abs popping through not a bad shot ever like every angle she was amazing oh my god well i watched a bunch of like her old um her old performances and like tour videos for this and jesus christ that i feel bad i was like oh. not only is she just like thin she is fit she is so fit even in these pictures her abs are popping through like she is so fit she's working so hard like girls don't perform like her anymore there are no there's like, i would say only doja cat comes off the top of my head as someone who performs say, like that. doja cat definitely like kills it but i feel like like, I feel like this era, it's just like, it was an era and she was like the queen of all of it. But like, and there are all these like girl bands and boy bands like dancing, but I, it's not the same anymore. I feel like Tanache does this, but she's not like at the level at Britney, like in like being, she's a, I think she's a superstar. I love Tanache. I'll we'll send a we'll little at her. Tanache, love you. Mwah. But like, she's not popular in the way that Britney Spears is popular, but she do be moving like her too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Slave For You, Britney was one of the best albums. I loved that and I loved her VMA performances during this time. Also around this time for her VMAs, she did something so ridiculous. I was just about to say that one. I'm like, I want to move on to In The Zone, but we can't without talking about the all denim look. The all denim matching look that she wore to the, I believe it was a 2001 VMAs red carpet with Justin Timberlake, it's it's honestly a beautiful dress. The silhouette is wonderful. It's just the most 2000 thing you've ever seen in your life. It wouldn't have been so bad if they weren't matchy-matchy. Like if she wore that dress and he wore something else. But the fact he puts it like makes this outfit disgusting. It's just because Justin Timberlake is disgusting. <laughs> I just like an all, like, I don't know. I guess I don't mind like an all denim look. Like I love like a denim, like, mom jeans with like the little like cropped like denim jacket like that's fine in my mind but i get like something about just the two of them to i don't know if we're picking up the vibes like from the relationship that was bad too but it's just not a look his look is giving cornball she is giving oh. camp queen so she is wearing a floor length denim dress that looks like a patchwork almost with um from other pairs of jeans it's cut beautifully i would say and there's even like a little flat felled seam like that goes down like the side of your jeans is like on the top of the bustier it looks great and she's got this really cool chunky chain belt with a like denim and crystal topped little bag and it was a little train and i think the way they did it is so like campy and cute and she has this big thick crystal choker she uh, looks hot 
And he yeah. has <laughs> he has a denim suit, so he's wearing jeans and a denim like I want to say it's like a sport coat almost. It's too big for him, so it looks really kind of weird. <laughs> it's part of why it looks really strange. And then he's got like a little denim fedora and like the waistband with the the button is at like wrapped around it and like buttoned in the top it just looks stupid and he's got sunglasses on i hate it on him um i hate it but no matter how much you hate or love it it's like a look that everybody knows it was it's so famous like 20 years later yeah how crazy is that and then um Katy Perry recreated the look on a VMA carpet years later. I think she went with Riff Raff. I have to look it up because I haven't actually seen that. But oh, I'll I show say, you. Um, leave. I just want to put a PSA to like every celebrity and designer in the world. Like, please just like leave this look in 2001. Thank you. One second. Yeah, she went with Riff Raff. And she did something very, very similar to it at the 2014, I believe, um, VMAs. So he just didn't have the same hat. They did update it a little bit. They made his coat and everything a little bit slimmer. Not as bad. No, and hers is a little bit more glammed up than Britney's. But I think it's really, it's interesting. And like, I honestly love what Riff Raff is wearing in this. He's got studs all over the jacket, like on the top half and then going down the arm, like in a stripe. And he's got them down the sides of his jeans. Like it's still very 2000s, but it looks so much more tailored. (laughs) That's a little embarrassing. Riff Raff looks better than you, Justin. Oh, um, do we want to pop into 2003? Yes, in In the the zone. I love this album too. Um, this is great. Like, so I want to say 2001 was like when she emerged as like a lot sexier and like more like you said, like her adult self, more of an adult image. So I feel like this was just like a continuation of that and her like securing her status as an icon. Yes, for sure. And I think that similarly to what we said about um, Baby One More Time and Oops, I Did It Again, In The Zone and Britney feel very, very close with the same era of Britney. Yeah. It's her basically being wild, young, sexy, showing out, just doing the most as she can vocally, musically, and visually. So we get the toxic video. And oh. you know what I mean? The toxic video. So I think one of the most iconic looks is oh yeah. Miss Brittany in her crystal cat suit with nothing but some jewels on her bubbies and um, a little crystal thong on in this bright room is just so glamorous. So um, I guess like this too, this video, it was mostly her idea. The budget was $1 million at the time. So that would have been more now. Yeah. Cause they had tons of different scenes, costume changes. Um, and she's like a flight attendant. I love the flight attendant outfit. That's my favorite one. And that's a good Halloween costume too. Yes. Very iconic. I feel like any, you can dress up like Britney Spears in any moment of her life and people would know who you are and it would be a very good and creative costume. Yes. And then she has like the all, she kind of has like a black leather. I don't know if it's like a cat suit. 
I want to say, but then she has like red hair and it's kind of like yes. flames in the background. Uh, this is my favorite song and music video of hers. Yeah, so I have, this is her most daring video yet. It's super sexy. It was just a show of her really growing into her womanhood and feeling really young and fresh and free to do whatever she felt like. I also think at the time she had broken up with Justin mm -hmm. and there was some controversy around that because <laughs> hate that man. He also put out Crimea River and kind yeah, of... Yeah aided in now it's almost like the madonna whore complex like she's moving over to the other side yes. where they were like oh you cheated on him and he like alluded to her cheating on him um as she kind of like gives off a little bit more of this like sexy more grown up look and feel um and like this video didn't necessarily help her look more innocent but I like it. She was kind of like, fuck you, it doesn't matter. I'm hot and I'm better than you and everyone loves me anyways. And I love that for her so much. I wanted to say talking about Justin Timberlake too. So I, right before we recorded, I sent you a YouTube video from the 2003 VMAs with obviously with Madonna, Christina and Britney. And I said to you, the best part of the whole performance is seeing the celebrity reactions in the crowd. Oh my God, you sent me a, a screenshot of 50 Cent's face. And well, that was usually... from 2007, sorry. Oh. So we'll get to that. Okay. So, but this one, there was, so they panned to Justin Timberlake and he gives like the most annoying like look to the camera like like a wannabe Jim Halpert type moment where he just like spikes the camera directly and kind of makes a face like like looking suspicious or like kind of like raising his eyebrows but like obviously they just went through this breakup and it's like just like watch the performance don't be an attention whore like stop making it about you and then they show it's funny Beyonce they show in the beginning and she has like the biggest smile on her face Eminem looks like like no reaction, stone cold. Avril Lavigne looks bored. Like, it's just funny how they're all sitting there like this. You know what? Out of all the people you listed, do you know who is being a supportive lady? She's real is recognizing real right there is or yeah. Beyonce is like, look at her go. She's doing, she's doing good. And Beyonce's a Virgo. Beyonce's a perfectionist. She's like, yes, bitch, you're on time. Hit it, hit it, uh. Uh, I hadn't even watched the performance actually since I was a kid and I was like I have to watch it before we talk about it and it's so good it's so on point the choreography is amazing the concept's so creative like I just remember being a kid and being like oh my god like they kissed on stage so scandalous but and I feel like that kind of like overshadowed like how good the performance actually was it did I would say it did um but I also feel like because they did that the only reason they did that was because of Madonna. Yes. Because Madonna, controversial opinion. I don't think Madonna's all that talented. I think that she made her her career being a provocateur, but she's on stage with two, what we should describe the performance. Yeah. Um, she made her she made her um career being provocative and being sexy and stuff. She didn't necessarily need to sing, but she's on stage with two very talented people and the Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears have kind of had at least in the media not necessarily in real life but like a bit of a, a competition yeah um they were both kind of in their careers supposed to be like a 
like a foil to each other. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears was like the all-American good girl next door. She's like cute, flirty, sexy. And um, Christina Aguilera was like the opposite of that. She sang really powerfully and she had a ton of piercings and she wore yeah. even less clothes. Yeah. Be, she, she was culturally appropriating left, right, and center. Oh, yeah. got, the wigs were crazy. Her hair was bigger than mine. She had dreadlocks, colorful hair, tons Gross. of braids. Sue your braider, girl. Go back and sue them. They did not like you. Because it. Eh, looking back on it, you should have had extra packs up in that head, but you did not. Um, yeah, so I thought it was interesting. The way they did it was more for controversy, but they didn't necessarily need to do that. They're all very talented, minus Madonna. <laughs> well, so I think, so the way it starts is like Britney like comes out of this like platform and she has like a veil on, she flips it and she's singing like a virgin and she like, she's amazing. Like she has a really cute little bubblegum pop voice, but then Christina Aguilera comes out and just like murders everybody with her vocals. Yeah. (laughs) But all three of them together were amazing. And then I remember, so Madonna comes out and they play like kind of like wedding music and she's wearing like kind of like the groom's outfit and she's, you know, they're dancing. And I remember reading in a magazine, her daughter was like, why did you kiss them on stage? And Madonna was like, oh, like it was kind of like passing down like the throne from one pop icon to like others, kind of acknowledging like a new era. But again, like nobody's going to get that. At the end of the day, it's like Madonna's doing a publicity stunt and I think yeah. it overshadowed how good the performance was. I feel like it's one of those things where her explanation was clearly an afterthought. I think that she thought it would just be like interesting and controversial to do it because that's what she's good at is being controversial. Um, And because you could have done anything else to symbolize or passing it down. But like you have to like put your tongue in their mouths to do that. I don't think you have. That's not the way you have to pass things down to people. You don't give like your friend a shirt because you're done with it now and then like kiss her. Like you have to do that. Well, I just wanted to say also, you have to also put this in the context of being 2003. It was a very different time. And like now you see same sex couples like making out and stuff all the time on TV and it's like normal. But like back then, like to see women kissing on TV wasn't a regular thing. So it it was like extra shocking. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I, I thought that was an interesting performance. I think that it really just kind of gave Brittany this like, it first kind of leveled out Brittany and Christina. I feel like they kind of now are more on the same page or like working within the same like space now. Still makes Brittany a VMA, VMA queen icon. That is her stage. So I want to say this was a little bit of a peak for her. Yeah, for sure. I agree because it then it kind of feels like she's she doesn't have another album till 2007 and a lot of things happen from now to then she like prior to her infamous like 2007 if you want to say breakdown but i would argue actually about against that but she it feels like she's doing a lot of partying based upon like what the media is saying she has paparazzi harassing her 24 7 she can't get away from them and that's kind of like a new era too like she's this like she was basically like the Kim Kardashian of her time where she couldn't go anywhere without someone following her. And she's very young, like only in her early 20s at this point. She gets, you know, um, she ends up marrying Kevin Federline in 2004. Who was one of her backup dancers. 
which was pretty much a disaster. They were married for like two years. She was only 23 when they got married. And I didn't know this. The same year she got married to a childhood sweetheart. Yeah. And her parents had the marriage annulled like the day after. Yeah, it was annulled. So that was the same year, which was really interesting. Um, She has kids with K-Fed. And again, like she's just being constantly harassed she was shown driving a car with a baby on her lap which or a toddler but the media ripped her apart and I remember I think you and me have talked about this Ashley and I don't know if it was on the podcast but you know she was she would literally go into like shops to try to get away from the paparazzi and there's one shot of like her with her baby like sobbing and like an ice cream shot or something and like everybody's just like harassing her taking pictures through the window and she's like crying with her baby on her lap just like trying to get away like I felt like she was just trying to be a normal person and go about her life and she's like a very young mom and she's being ripped to shreds but I think anybody would have a quote-unquote like breakdown by being harassed as much at such a young age I think that this was in the height of paparazzi culture and like celebrity culture now becoming a thing. Cause you have to remember that Paris was a big deal. Lindsay was a big deal. And like the paparazzi had no bounds. This might've been before Princess Diana passed away. So like they had no control over themselves. Like, you know, and I was watching the Britney versus Spears documentary on Netflix and one of the paparazzis who became one of her really close friends he was saying that um being a paparazzi was like the job of someone who was like a thrill seeker it's someone who loves the adrenaline like an adrenaline adrenaline junkie Mm -hmm. um so they're doing wild crazy stuff not only because it's like oh, like, I want to get near Britney Spears. It's like, it's a rush for them. So they're going to keep pushing it and pushing it to see what they can do. Yeah, and, like a reaction. Yeah. And I think that it wasn't helped or it was compounded by the um, media ripping everything this girl did to shreds because it's also the time of like being stick skinny and being perfect yeah. and being everything. So she had two children, like pretty much back to back. And yeah. she was like, known for having like rock hard abs which first of all having abs could either mean you are a child or you are starving yeah you don't eat yeah basically or you're on like an extremely regimented diet like yeah to be thin and have abs because you can have abs and like build them but that would mean like you're probably more bulky so you wouldn't be like a thin dainty girl if you had abs and like she had two kids like that's gonna take a toll on your body even if you're really young and it was like she did not get a chance to sit down and be a woman and just enjoy motherhood and not at all it's depressing like you could just tell from like the marriages and the way that she's going about her life like she she's just wants to be able to be like a happy normal woman she's from mississippi she just wants to like you know relax and it's almost like i don't want to say childlike but it's sweet that she just wants to be loved and she just wants to have her baby or babies and it's very clear that she loves her children more than anything she's not one of these weird celebrities who had a baby because like it's an accessory she loves her babies yeah i think like i just think being a young mom would be like so hard and then you add all that pressure and everybody's like watching every single thing you do and then 
she shaved her head on February 16th, 2007, which like it was in the tabloids everywhere. If you were alive and like above the age of five years old, you, you remember it. Um, but I read that she kind of shaved her head as like a fuck you to like the people following her around and just kind of being like, I'm not going to be this person anymore. Like I'm, but then after she shaved her head, she like took an umbrella and bashed it against a car, probably as a reaction to the paparazzi, but people were literally like, she's insane. She's mental. She's having a breakdown. Yeah. So I've heard as like more information about this time in her life has come out and like Brittany is free now. She's, she's just telling us shit, man. And people who were there on those days are also saying stuff now because they know they're not going to get in trouble. I heard from people who were at the salon, like who are, I can't like allegedly. Okay. Um, that, and you can see in some of the photos, she has extensions in. At this time, her hair was dyed brown. And it looks like from some of the pictures, I don't know if you can see them. It might be kind of hard to see. But in this area, it looks like she has um, like microlink extensions. Yes. Um, and she was saying that they were too tight. But she basically at the time had like a bunch of people around her, stylists, handlers, whoever, saying, no, you can't. Don't touch her hair. Don't only do the X, Y, and Z we want. And she's like, it hurts. Can you can you loosen them? And like, I've got braids in right now. And let me tell you, when that shit hurts, it hurts. These were very heavy. And like, I put too much. I had to take it out because I was like, I'm going to lose my hair. So she's saying, please take it out. And, and they wouldn't do it because the stylists were directed not to listen to the person getting styled. They said, listen to the stylist. So she was like, all right, cool. You know what I'm going to do? And she shaved her head. Which makes sense. Like, obviously, if you're in pain and you don't care and she can afford all the wigs in the world that she wants and she's going to have stylists from then on. So it's like, what? you might as well just shave it. Like, why would you want to be in pain? Yeah. So could you put yourself in that position right now and think about how you would feel and how you're just like, I can't even feel comfortable. Because like, imagine I know. a bunch of tiny little hands are pulling on your hair, every bit of your hair all day long. You would lose your mind. You would have a constant mind migraine like i i can see why i would do the same thing i'm not gonna lie to you i'd probably be some up with the umbrella too yeah no she was just being like constantly hurt like so imagine that that's the scenario right like allegedly we don't know but imagine it's like i'm just doing this so i'm not in pain and then the media makes it out to be like you're crazy and having a mental breakdown yeah and then quote she says it was just you know i didn't want anyone anybody anybody touching my head I didn't want anyone touching my hair. I'm sick of people touching my hair. So imagine she's basically saying that like her body is not her own. Nothing is her own. Can you stop touching me? Like that is such a simple desire. I just want to be left alone for like 0.2 seconds. I just want to like live my life. Stop fucking touching me. Don't touch my hair. Like I'm like now like see this. I put this in myself. I don't care if it looks messed up. Don't tell me it looks messed up. I like it. I feel good. Don't touch it. Yeah. And I read this similar thing where it wasn't specifically about her hair, but she was like, I'm sick of people touching me. Like I'm sick of being pe people being like up in my space and knowing now what we know now about the conservatorship and like her not having. So this incident is what led to the conservatorship, unfortunately, because yeah. she was made out to be crazy. But I think she was not in control in any aspect of her life, even her hair. So like anybody would go a little like crazy with that. She's been quoted saying things like everyone picks out everything for me, even my underwear. 
imagine that for years you can't just go into your own freaking underwear drawer when like you have to go and do performance and like people say oh you're swearing that like i think that a lot of the things that she was doing when people were like oh she's acting erratic she's acting crazy those are the only decisions that she's ever been able to make think about when you were like younger and you were first yeah. like told from by your mom like okay you can pick out your outfits now you started wearing wild shit because you were like, I just want to express my my feelings. I just want to express myself. I just want to pick out things for myself. And it gets a little weird. You have to be able, able to be a little weird. And this is just her being doing it um, older and in like weirder ways because that's the only places that she had the control to do that. So now, so then when we, so this happens in February and then the VMAs are in September and it's supposed to be her comeback performance. It's a big deal. Um, allegedly, before the performance, she was really nervous. They didn't really rehearse it very much. I don't know if that was if she didn't want to rehearse it or if her team just didn't think it was necessary. I don't exactly know what happened there. But regardless, bottom line, she felt extremely unprepared and like wasn't comfortable. I'm wondering if her camp like forced her to do this performance, honestly. They actually did. She said that she didn't want to do it. And she wanted to leave. And but they were like, you have to. This is you have to. So you can tell in the performance, she looks miserable. She looks confused. She looks tired. She looks like dazed and out of it. Like, I wonder if she's like on some kind of like medication. She was. Every time you're like, I wonder. I'm like, she was. They put her on like lithium, something like that. Something crazy. You're not going to be like hitting every single. So I feel so horrible. Like it breaks my heart. Like if she wasn't on lithium and she was doing the performance on her terms, she would have killed it. She was probably, I don't know if you know about this. I'm going to say, I wonder again. I wonder if she was forced to wear this outfit and didn't want to, but she allegedly like got off stage and started sobbing because she saw herself on the camera and was like, I look so fat. She doesn't look fat. She looks better than 99% of America. Sure. In contrast to her pre-baby body with like the rock hard abs, people sure are going to call her fat. Yeah. So I feel like, I, I understand why she would say that. And like, I think that we all do it. And like, even I'm having an issue with it now. I'm like, I cannot yeah, compare too. my like, my adult body now to my body when I was like 17 and 18. And that's probably what she was doing. She was like, I look so terrible. And it's like, no, baby, you're just a grown up now. And you're not you like, kids. yeah, you had two children and your body did an amazing thing and you shouldn't feel bad about it. But it's, it's just it's easier to kids. Like, she yeah. Looks- like I said, all the people who are calling her fat at home are probably like way flabbier than she is. Oh God, yeah. She's usually some ugly ass man. But like comparing her pre-baby body to her grown-up body now, like you're it's easier for like us to just say, well, you can't just do that. Cause you're always gonna feel that way. And that's a thing you have to work through yourself. You can't just scream at someone and say, you just have to love yourself. Not it's me, really yeah. hard to it's do that. Really it's really t- difficult and, and honestly annoying to hear people say like, well, you just have to like love yourself. You just have to like be confident. Um, so I can totally understand that. And I just want to give her a hug. So this was um, th- what she was performing was her Blackout album that came out in 2007. And it had a ton of bangers. And I feel like at this so point... Good. I was like old enough to really understand and like remember yeah. this coming out. So it had one of my favorite songs is Break the Ice. I thought it was a really cool music video. She wasn't actually in it. It was like 
a cartoon kind of like anime style of almost like a femme fatale and it felt kind of like a toxic video like the aesthetics of the toxic video but now put into a cartoon which i thought was really different um and then she had peace of me radar which is one of the songs that has been re-released i love radar you love radar because it's on every album like like 2007 on it just keeps showing back up it's also on circus um give me more it's kind of i feel like it was almost like a soft comeback and um i watched um a mila tequila video long arenas i'm hitting her (laughs) (laughs) hi baby I watched a Mila Tequila video um, talking about this time in her life where she was pretty much gearing up for the comeback and she started performing at like small venues. Think of places like the House of Blues where she was wearing like really, really simple stuff, performing like old songs, just like kind of getting back into the groove of things. And I feel like the, the album, the music was great. I think the performances and like the looks were like not as not the same as what they were before um but you could tell she was kind of like gently working her way back into it and i think the visuals for um for blackout were like britney but softer so um i have an image here of the um give me more video where she's it's pretty simple kind of tame honestly even though she's on a stripper pole she's like on a stripper pole kind of just dancing whatever and then she is wearing like a really cute motorcycle vest like a leather black leather vest with really low undies and a chain belt and um black fishnet stockings and like boots and her hair is brown controversial opinion i don't like britney's brown hair i don't like it either i think she was just doing it to do something different yeah i think it's like not her and i don't think i think i think even like a like so her first album her hair was more like my color i would say yeah it was like a darker like blonde um and I think she could have like done that or maybe put like some copper tones in it, but like the dark, dark doesn't look good on her. It's like a solid, flat, like chocolate brown. And like, it's a pretty color itself, but on her, I feel like it makes her look kind of like pale and weird. Like I just don't like it on her, but the album, great. I think that it was amazing. Um, and I feel like she was doing her absolute best. And by the way, her body was amazing. Like she looks great. She'd still recently had those two kids because it takes people's years to get back yeah, into yeah, like yeah. what they consider good shape. She did great. I loved it. Feels like Blackout was like her soft comeback album and it was really good. And it was kind of testing the waters to see if she should continue pursuing her music career. So it was a big deal, but it wasn't as hard hitting as her next album, Circus, which came out in 2008. And it was also accompanied by a tour, which was amazing. Well, I don't know that this was her thought process, but after the VMAs, like she was concerned her career was over and everything. So it's probably like you have nothing to lose kind of after that. Like, I think uh, Blackout, like probably the album itself did well commercially. So she's probably like, okay, like I'll give it another go. Like I can prove people wrong. I can make an actual comeback. Like that wasn't my best. Yeah. Like, I think that first, before we get in fully into Circus, um, Peace of Me and Give Me More were songs that really kind of 
we're, we're very self-aware and yeah. had her addressing more honestly what happened to her, which is why I think it did well enough because people were like partially listening for the spectacle of it. And she's kind of like, I'm going to put this out. And if it does well, like what you said, like then people are going to want to listen. So Circus, I think that she really showed up and showed out on this one. And I remember everyone basically saying she's back. She's back in full swing. Um, So songs that were like really popular were If You Seek Amy. And I have a funny story about this song. Um, Circus, Radar, again. I hate that they keep playing them on multiple albums because it makes it so confusing. You're like, didn't I hear the song? Yes, you did. Um, And Womanizer, which had a really, really cool video. So If You Seek Amy had an interesting video, which I liked. I think that once again, she was very hands-on with the visuals and concepts for the video. So it's like um, like a house, it's like a dichotomy kind of playing with the, um, the way that she was portrayed as like a good girl housewife and then switched to like a house party. And I remember I was really young. I had to be like 11 or 10 and I was at the boys and girls club and I had made a friend and they were playing this song like on the like the tv that had a music channel on and they were playing the song and it was like the day or around the the time that this came out and I had made a friend with a girl who was a couple years older than me and she people were like oh my gosh the song is so like dirty ooh and I was like I don't get it I don't understand because I'm a yeah because I'm a baby and she was like say it slowly say it like this you don't get it you don't get it and then I was like no what does it mean tell me what it means why is everyone talking about it I want to know too I didn't get it and it took me a really really long time to get it I mean, if you want to talk about whether someone's an icon or not, if you can get someone to say F-U-C-K me and get it on the radio. like Yeah. And right. I remember around this time, people were like kind of making up controversy and saying, oh, it's inappropriate. And kids are going to start saying bad things. And I was like, Already I am a living proof that that is not true. I am a living proof that I was like, I have no idea what that means. And then I was like, you know when you're like looking for something like in your house and then you give up because you can't find it and you're like eventually it'll come to me it took me years <laughs> i did not understand it so she did perfectly fine the kids were not corrupted i had no idea what that meant and i stayed not knowing until i was like 13 amazing good for you <laughs> i wanted to was three on this album I remember being in the car with like my friend and my dad and I was probably like a freshman in high school. And I remember my friend being like, I didn't realize this song was about a threesome. And I'm like, can you not say that in front of my dad right now? (sighs) That's yeah. Like, I think that it's just one of the things where people were so kind of blowing everything out of proportion and acting like, Oh my God, like she's so bad for X, Y, and Z reason. But like we were children at the time and we're like, we don't know what that means. So we like the song because it sounds nice, but I don't know what that means. And I didn't know until I was older. You know what I actually can't stand? I can't stand when parents are like, oh, you know, 
this, you know, this artist, this, these songs aren't appropriate for kids and they have to be a good role model. They're not a good role model. It's like, no, no artist, no adult is responsible for being a role model. The only person responsible to be a role model for kids are literally their parents. Like literally Cardi B said it, like I am not making music for children. This is music for adults. You need to monitor the music your kids are listening to. So I just like parents have no right to be like, Oh my God, this is inappropriate. Like da 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 da. Like that's your problem. Artists are allowed to make whatever music they want. Literally. So I love that for her. Um, and I think we should also talk about Womanizer. I feel like that was one of the biggest songs along with Circus off this album. And it had such a cool, um, a cool music video that was giving me vibes like Toxic. So mm-hmm. basically in this video, she's like this femme fatale kind of vibe, which is giving us kind of a sneak peek into her next project. And she's this woman who is basically getting this womanizing guy who has a bunch of girlfriends and like, oops, I just pop up at every single corner of your life in a different <laughs> way. And it's me, I'm back again. So much. I just think it's funny and it shows off so much of her personality again. We were like, this is the Britney that we know who is super talented, but also really witty and funny. And I wanted to say too, this is one of her, I think it's really one of her only albums that has like a full concept because Circus was like basically circus themed. And um, she went on a tour at the same time and it was like, so wild so interesting it had like crazy acts um if you guys can watch any of the play like the videos from that it's amazing it's astounding the costuming was crazy she really went all in on the theme and it she went in and it wasn't campy like it was just really interesting and then after circuit so i think if it's okay with you we can kind of like fizzle off like yeah she has I Am Britney Jean in 2013, and there's still like some really big hits like um, Till the World Ends, like Hold It Against Me. I love those songs. Like they're still really good. But I think at this era, we we stop seeing um, looks that are like so notable in the future. Like the baby one more time or like, oops, I did it again. Like those looks 20 years, 30 years, 40 years on, people will know. I think she was, like you said earlier, like she was still being Britney, she's still being herself, but we just haven't seen as much that we can need to dive into and dissect and talk about like the pop culture moments. Yeah, I feel like first, a lot of her life uh, from 2007 on was still wrapped up in the conservatorship. Um, And then also, It was almost like she wasn't reinventing herself every single time. She'd only really reinvented herself when she was first moving into making more mature music and then coming back from like having a rough few years. So after 2008, it felt like she is just coasting as I am Britney Spears. I will do what I want. I am back on top and I'm telling the world that I'm still talented and everything you thought about me before, I'm that and more. So for like Femme Fatale and and Glory, like the albums that came out in like 2013 and 2016, and she's put out some more music recently in 2020. Um, It all feels the same kind of. Um, Not bad at all. Still really fun. Yeah, not in a bad way. But these all have... 
Yeah. Yeah. Like these all have a really bright pop feel. A lot of them are EDM inspired. They kind of go more with what the music trends are. Um, yeah. So I think we can just wrap up by talking about her conservatorship, which, you know, it could be its own episode, but we'll just put out our most notable thoughts. I think like one of the most notable things that I took away from it was even like her Las Vegas residency, which was huge, but she was forced to perform all the time. And you can say like, oh, how would somebody be forced to perform? But she, they would threaten to take things away from her. Like this woman literally didn't even have like her own access to her own money to buy things, access to her cell phone. Like it's like a child where they can literally take things away if you don't do what they want. And there's a video of her even being like, I'm wicked sick. I don't feel good, but like I'm performing today. Or, and there's a video of like her team being at a table and saying, oh, such and such date is Brittany's birthday. Like, is she going to have the day off for performing? And they're like, no. So she was just like a mule, like forced to perform all the time. And I noticed that in her recent performances over like the last 10 years, it didn't really look like her heart was in it. Like she looked a little bit like dazed sometimes. Like that was all solely because of the conservatorship. Yeah. So the conservatorship officially ended November 12th of 2021. So Yay! very recently. Um, and it just knowing now what we know and like the public really can't be vilified or even the like the paparazzi and everything too, too much because they didn't know a lot of things that were going on and like no you shouldn't speculate on things if you don't know what's going on and like everything we say is pretty much a legend unless said otherwise um just i want to give her a hug man no. i just want to give her a hug and i want her to marry her boyfriend who's helped her significantly get out of this because once again when i was watching that um, documentary Britney versus Spears they were talking about how they basically were saying that a woman in her mid-20s has dementia just in a way so they can like make sure that, that she's never going to stop working and make money for the camp around her and her family who just like doesn't want to do anything but make this girl work so they can live lavishly without having to lift a finger you know what makes me so angry? Like, if she's so mentally ill that she needs a conservatorship, then she should not be working. performing. She should not be doing a taxing, grueling schedule. Like, that disgusts me that, that okay, fine. If she's, like, mentally unstable and she needs someone to help her with her finances and her day-to-day -day life, it, like, because there are people who need conservatorships. Yeah, of course. But then you should not be working if you're that sick or that you know, whatever you have going on. Um, so that's where it's like really disgusting that it wasn't stopped because she hadn't, and the fact that like, she was clearly being threatened by her own dad, her own family. And you can dive into all the things like Jamie Lynn's like recently done an interview where she's like trying to make excuses and stuff. Like Jamie Lynn was on it. Her dad was on it. They're just mooching off of her taking all her money. Literally, like everyone else was untalented and lazy, basically, but was trying to just like get money from her. And like, I am fully on the Jamie Lynn hate train because you can't say that you fully love and support your sister when you are coasting off of her fame and all of her hard work. And Brittany is being much more vocal about this now. And she's like, fuck you, Jamie. Um, because she was like pissed off that she wasn't allowed to perform 
based on like certain things in her conservatorship, but they had Jamie's untalented ass on stage performing remixes to her song. And she said, Hey, if I can't sing my own song, I think that I should be able to say, I don't want anyone else singing my song because she, I would be pissed off if someone said like, no, you can't present your, your newest collection, but your sister can. What the, what, what that got to do with her? I would be livid. Like, and why would anybody want to see Jamie Lynn Spears perform? Like she's not, it's like a weird, um, all shade. Why would anyone want to see her? All the shade, all the smoke. Like, uh, it's just the whole thing makes me so sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. And even the way, like, I feel like we have to just briefly talk about her social media. Her Instagram has been a little, like, I don't want to say weird, but I can't think of, like, the right word. Um, A little unsettling. Yeah, like before the conservatorship was ended, there were all these like weird conspiracy things where people would be like, if you need help, wear a green shirt. And then she'd wear a green shirt. But she also didn't have control over her social media. So like that makes no sense. But she would post these weird things where, I don't know, she just seemed a little bit off. Like her mate, like what she was wearing, her body language, the way she was talking, like people were just wondering like if you know, they're forcing her to be on like, like you said, like lithium or like some weird drugs. Like it was just really confusing. Yeah. So, but I'm happy that she's out of it now. And that I think as time goes on, we're going to see her speak her truth more. And I think that she'll probably be able to put out more of the music that she's wanted to. There is a song called um, Mona Lisa that details some of these things in her life and I think that possibly we'll be able to hear this song more frequently and I think I think that good things are coming I think that she's gonna be able to like really go off and I think that she is she's livid and she's free now so we gonna hear from her I hope she said she doesn't want to perform because she was forced to for so long but I hope like if she recovers and she has some time off and if she wants to and it serves her, like it would be an amazing album to like hear her truth and like see more of like her create, like obviously she's amazing creative mind behind music videos and like looks and aesthetics. Like it would be amazing to see more from her. I would love a short, like a super short album from her or maybe a collection of like five songs maybe that's like kind of stripped down like acoustic and just her singing how she wants to because when I think something really important that people maybe don't even know that the baby voice that she was iconic for is not actually her natural singing voice um she actually was sounded more like Christina Aguilera um I would love to see if it's possible for her to get back into that range. I know it's kind of hard if you kind of sang a certain way for a really long time. She might have honestly damaged her vocal cords, but I would really, really love for her to have a very short collection of songs. Just tell us everything you feel. And I think she deserves the best producers, the best of everyone. Everyone help her. Like everyone helps Kesha when she was having problems and continues to in some ways um, make a beautiful collection of work. It doesn't have to be gigantic. I want quality over quantity. And I just want her to like, just sing that like Adele, drop the album and then go live your life, baby. Go hang out with your sons. Go hang out with Sam. I think it's her boyfriend's name. Go and get yourself your your Mercedes. Is that what the car she wanted? Or what is it? Bentley. 
go get your Bentley and drive around with your babies in the back seat and just have a nice time. God, if there's anyone who deserves an apology from the entire world, it is Britney Spears. Totally. Oh my God. It's just really sad, but I hope there's light at the end of the tunnel and like we just see her living her best life. Yeah, I think that we've gotten there. There's still a lot to go through, but we've gotten a gigantic win. And every day she's winning more and more. And I'm so happy to see it. Yay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was a little bit of a long one, but it was really important. And she's had such a long career. Like, you know, when we did Lady Gaga, we started around like 2010. And this one, we had to start in 1999. So Literally yeah. 20, 23 years uh do you have anything else you want to say um i think that you guys should tell us what you think about britney spears as a whole what is your favorite britney moment favorite britney outfit um message us at ready to rage on instagram and yeah let us know what you think let us know if you're on the jamie lynn hate train Tell us your thoughts, opinions, feelings. Go all out. Do you like Justin Timberlake? Let us know. (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ready to Rage. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ready to Rage Podcast. Send us an email with your thoughts on the episode. Anything you'd like us to include in the future at Ready to Rage Podcast at gmail.com. You can also donate on Patreon at Ready to Rage. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Rage. <laughs>